good morning. So glad you guys were all here with us on this Fourth uh, of July weekend. You know that uh, that video that we just saw. Would everybody agree it's true? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of difficulties going on in the country. There's a there's a need for change, and you know one of the one of the problems in our in 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 the human condition, right? Is we tend to look for change everywhere but the right place, right? We tend to look, you know, we tend to look for it everywhere. We try all these things, but we we just won't seem to understand that there is only one way that actual change occurs, and that's with God. Because every other thing we do, we try to change things by, like, reshaping it and packing it in a way that'll work, and it just pops back out. The only way things change is when there's a change of heart. It's the only way there's ever a change is when people's hearts are changed. And You know, I think what we're going to see today that that video, not only was it for today, but we're going to see how it fits in with this is exactly where the Israelites were. We've been in, you know, uh, Samuel. We've been talking about Samuel and his role as the prophet of Israel. And, you know, today, uh, here we are, right? It's our July 4th, our, our Independence Day celebration. Uh, interesting, you know, that's the day we claimed our freedom. That's not the day we achieved it, right? That, that's the day, that was the start. That was the start of claiming our freedom. That the, the freedom, though, actually came later, after hard work and a lot of battles, right? We had, we had to work for our freedom. But, but here's the point, is if you want a result of any kind, you have to start, right? You have to start. You have to take a step. And, and, then, and, and sometimes you may not think you have much of a start to take. But you know what? If you take the step that you can whether it's big or small, God can use anything. He can use anything. But it's taking that first step and starting. Whether it's believing, whether it's faith, whether it's trusting God, whether it's, you know, if, if, you, if you want to, you know, it's kind of like if somebody wanted to get a, uh, a college degree. Well, step one is go register. Right? You know what I mean? If you don't register. So there, there's a step. Okay. So our founding fathers started by creating a document. Right? They started by crafting this document called the Declaration of Independence. And they all signed it to say that they agreed with it, that attested to their dedication to, to, and commitment to what was written in it. Today, the scripture passage we're going to read, uh, we're going to see a similar type of declaration by the people of Israel. Uh, it was a decision that they made to after a long time of trying things their own way, they decided that they were ready to turn back to God. Just like the video said, God, we need you. They, they came to a point where they said, God, we, we need you. And, and as a result of that decision, the, the commitment of their leaders and of the people they made to turn back to God. Okay? So, uh, you know, for us, that commitment led to, to a lot of hard work, but it, the result for us was the birth of the United States of America. For the Israelites, this returning to God and this commitment to follow his word and his principles, the result for them was that once again, 
they were back under God's protection and blessing. They were enjoying uh, his favor in their lives. And we'll see that as we read uh, today's passage. So if you've got your Bibles, the ones in the, in the rows, you can use those. Uh, we're going to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 2 through 17. 1 Samuel 7, verses 2 through 17. Um, the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark remained at Kiriath-Jerim for a long time, 20 years and all. Pastor Cindy talked about that last week. Okay? Um, so it was not with the priests. It was not at the tabernacle. It was off over here. Okay, then it says, so after all this time has passed without the ark, it says, then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. So Samuel said to the Israelites, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of your foreign gods and the Ashtoreths and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their Baals and Ashtoreths and they served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. And on that day, they fasted and they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as their leader of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines, their enemies, right? When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. And they said to Samuel, do not stop crying out to the Lord for us, that he may rescue us from the hands of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And he cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day, the Lord thundered, with loud thunder against the Philistines. And it threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below beth Car. Then Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mizpah and Shin, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they stopped invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The towns from Ekron to Gath that the Philistines had captured from Israel were restored to Israel, and Israel delivered the neighboring territory from the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel uh, continued as Israel's leader all the days of his life, from year to year. He went on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah, judging all of Israel in those places. But he always went back to Ramah, where his home was, and there he also held court. And he built an altar there to the Lord. Okay, so let's just quick review what we read. So after a lot of years of living under the thumb of the Philistines... The Israelites decided to return to the Lord. But how? How? There's a question for you guys, okay? How does a person person 
are a nation, return to the Lord. What does that mean? They have, okay, so a step in returning to the Lord is for a change of heart, a change of behavior. Okay, they, first you humble yourself, and then you're praying and seeking the Lord. Anything else? Yeah, they put they put aside their false idols. They 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 turned from what they were doing. Repentance. They repented. Samuel told them, right, uh, to get rid of or to remove uh, anything that holds them back, right? That was holding them back. Anything that was between them and God. That was the idol. So they had they had to not only get rid of those idols. They needed to repent of worshiping those idols, and they needed to commit themselves to God and serve Him only. So in verse 4, it told us they put away, they got rid of their idols, and then it told us that Samuel called for all the people to assemble at Mizpah. And once they were there together, Samuel interceded before the Lord for them. It says that the people poured out a, a water offering before the Lord. This was a real sacrifice on their part because if you think about it, where they were, water was kind of a scarce commodity, okay? And so this, what, this was significant because this is saying that as, as valuable as this water is, okay, uh, that it's, it's more important. We want to live under, under God's blessing so that, that living under his blessing was more important to them than life-sustaining water. That's, that's a strong statement. Okay? Additionally, it told us that they fasted. And during that, they confessed their sinfulness to the Lord. They confessed and repented of their sinfulness. And aren't you glad that the last sentence is there? Because it says, and God heard them. God heard them. Okay? Anytime, as that verse that was in the video says, when we... When we come before the Lord, we humble ourselves before Him and we tell Him, Lord, I'm, I've made a mess of this. I mean, have anybody ever you? I've had to. Have you ever had to say, Lord, I've made a mess of whatever the issue is? Yeah. You know, aren't you glad that we serve a God that doesn't go, well, yeah, you did, and that's your tough luck, so you figured it out? No. God doesn't do that, does He? He loves us, and He, and he will, when we come before Him and we lay that need down, God will always meet us there. And God will always help us. If we take that step towards Him, He will run towards us. He will run towards us. Okay, now here's, this is, if you, if you were here a couple weeks ago or you listened to the message online when we were in chapter 4, okay, if you remember in chapter 4, uh, this was when uh, uh, the Israelites decided that they just needed to go get the ark and the ark would just solve all their problems. And remember when it came into camp, how all the Israelites shouted? You know, there was this big, you know, shout of joy. And the Philistines wondered what was going on. Okay. Well, okay. So now, here they are. The, um, the people are all gathered together, and they're, they're repenting, right? And they're, they're you know, trying to, uh, you know, return to the Lord. And there's this, this joy, this repentance, and this thing going on. And it says that the Philistines heard it. Okay? 
And, and when they heard that they were all there, they decided to see if they couldn't go and just take care of the Israelites once and for all. They're going to go see if they can't just go uh, kill them all. All right? So when the Israelites realized what was happening, this time, rather than saying, well, let's just go get the ark, because that will just solve all our problems, as they had previously done, they called out to Samuel to continue to intercede before the Lord for them, to intercede on their behalf, trusting that God would hear the, the prayers and that he would intervene. And in verse 9, it confirms to us that he did. It says God heard them. Now, when God hears you, a lot of stuff can happen. Okay? Things can happen on your behalf that you can't even figure out how that could happen. So, as a result, when the Philistines came to attack, now get this. How many of you would have come up with this idea? The Lord sent such a loud thunder that it threw the attackers, it threw the Philistines into a panic, and they were routed by Israel. Look, we just need to remember that when God is fighting for you, okay, God doesn't need a bow and arrow. Okay? He doesn't need a gun, and he doesn't need a bomb. He doesn't need a spear. God can use thunder and can devastate an enemy with thunder. Okay? I mean, we just need to understand that, that if, if we will just call out to God with the bad stuff going on in our life, with the problems that we created ourselves a lot of times, okay, and we will just give it to him. God has got so many ways to help us through what we're going through. He's got so many ways to help us fight the battles that we're facing that we can't even imagine them. But, but man, if we will just give him a shot at it, you know, that's really what we need in our lives. There's so many people think, well, you know, well, God, you know, God's seen what all I've done. He's mad at me, so he won't help me. No, there's nowhere in God's word that it ever says he gets, that you've gone too far and God says, now you're on your own. The Israelites had gone years, gone decades without serving God, without honoring him. They had ignored him because they were worshiping idols. And now they turn around. And God doesn't say, tough luck, you missed your moment. When they repent, when they will just say, Lord, I have messed up. And, I, and I'm repenting. I'm asking you to forgive me. And I want to walk with you. God immediately gave them victory in a battle. I mean, think about it. He didn't say, well, I'm, you're going to have to get beat a few more times in battle. And maybe I'll help you. You know, it will improve things little by little over time. I mean, do you understand? This was a turn. This went from loser to winner. This, this went from defeat to victory. And God will do the same thing in our lives as well. Look, while all of us, you know, while all of us need to, like, do things to be safe, I mean, you should lock your doors. You should lock your windows. You know what I mean? You shouldn't walk around alone late at night in dark places. I mean, we should all do things we can to make ourselves safe, right? Okay, but let's never forget that our real protection 
comes from the Lord. Our real protection comes from the Lord. Psalm 34, 7 promises it. It says that the angel of the Lord will encamp around those who fear him and will deliver them. I don't know about you, I want the angel of the Lord encamping around my home. You know, you can, you, can, you can buy all the weapons you want. You can have a baseball bat somewhere. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I'm telling you, your real protection comes from the Lord. When the angel of the Lord's encamped around your home, you know what? Trouble just can't see you. People just go on by. Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. I want God to fight for me. I want God to fight for me. I want God to deal with the enemy. I want God to be the one to deal with the folks that have got evil on their mind. Right? Verse 12 told us, that when the battle was concluded, Samuel, who had been praying for the people, and and you know, and and the you know to get rid of the idols and to return to the Lord, Samuel was determined that he wanted to commemorate that day because that was a great day that the people had returned to the Lord, and so it told us he wanted to to do some act of remembrance, and he did that. He took a stone and he set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and, and he did that as a memorial, right, of God's deliverance and his blessing and protection. And, and it says, interesting, he named it Ebenezer. Ebenezer, okay? And that literally is translated as stone of help. Okay? Stone of help. And then he said it represented that God has helped us thus far. The purpose of Samuel's altar was to remind the Israelites of what God had done for them. You know, after a time, you think about it, after a time when God had removed his presence from them, because he had for a while, right, and they had experienced defeat, they needed a visual reminder. They needed something every now and then to look at and go, you know what, God's been good. Sometimes, um, well, it was also a way for them to say thank you. Because it was, it was an effort, okay? But sometimes we need visual reminders. Sometimes we need to be able to, to help ourselves remember all the things that God has done for us. So, as a result of the Israelites turning back to God, think about this. Not only were the Philistines defeated that day, but also they stopped invading Israel's territory. They just said, we're going to leave you guys alone. This isn't worth it, Okay? And additionally, God brought peace between the Israelites and the Amorites. That wasn't even on the list. That was, it was just the Philistines. That wasn't even on the list. God said, not only am I going to take care of the problem you've got right here in front of you, but there's another problem that maybe you don't even know about right now. I'm going to take care of that too. Why in the world would we try to go deal with the issues of our life ourselves when we've got a God that will not only, when we give our lives to him and we say, Lord, I need your help, God, I don't know what to do without him. He not only can solve the current thing, but he can solve, he can pre-solve problems that you don't even know you have yet.
our scripture passage ends by confirming that Saul, you know, Samuel was their leader, was their shepherd, spiritual shepherd, for the rest of his life. Now, if you think back over the last few weeks, we were talking about chapter 4 and, you know, and, and chapter 7, right? Back in chapter 4, the Israelites thought that by, if, if they could just get their hands on the ark and just, you know, take it into battle, they even said it, that it, that the ark, the box, would save them. Okay? And what did they, if you recall, they suffered 30,000 casualties. Okay? Okay? So, I just, it was kind of interesting. As, as, as I was looking at this chapter, and, and I remembered, you know, chapter 4, there's, there's kind of a, a, a parallel. There's kind of this comparison. Let's just, let's just think about it for a second. Okay? Back in chapter 4, what the Israelites said we want, right, the solution to our problem is the ark. In chapter 7, they wanted God. In chapter 4, because they were trusting in the ark, the Israel was defeated, lost 30,000 soldiers. In chapter 7, when they want God, the Israelites win and they defeat the Philistines. In chapter 4, what they were trying to do by just, you know, getting the ark and saying, well, you know, if we get that, if we get the ark, it'll save us. They were trying to manipulate God. It was a manipulation. In chapter 7, it was repentance. It was repentance. They asked God for his deliverance and to save them. If you remember back in chapter 4, when the ark showed up in the Israelite camp, remember? And they, there was this big shout of joy because everybody just thought the ark would do all the work. Okay, do you remember the big shout? And it said the Philistines over in their camp heard this shout, and they said, oh my goodness, you know, the ark has come into their presence. We're, we're in big trouble, right? So what the, Israel, what the Philistines heard back in chapter 4 was Israel's false confidence that that was going to save them. In verse 7, the Philistines heard what was going on in the camp, but this time, what they were hearing was Israel's true repentance. As a result, in fact, in chapter 4, Israel was defeated. There was loss of life, and they lost the ark. And if you remember, the end of that was, as the news spread, Phineas's wife, who'd been killed, gave birth to their child, and she the finality of it was she named the child Ichabod. Nobody would. That's not a great name. Is it? But what Ichabod means is the glory is departed. So she, she wasn't even there, but she understood what had happened. Okay? So the end of that account was an Ichabod. This time, the victory resulted in peace and it re and in restored territory and again in peace even with people they didn't know they might have trouble with and the result this time was a stone being raised and instead of a name like Ichabod it's named Ebenezer 
God has helped us. God has helped us. Look, the, the, the comparison between chapter 4 and chapter 7 should kind of make it clear. Foolish people make their own plans and don't seek God. Okay? That's the truth. And as a result, they suffer the consequences. On the other hand, followers of Jesus, people who want to serve God and are seeking Him, call out to God for wisdom and help and then wait for Him to respond. And they give Him praise for His answers. I think we'd all agree. I hope you would agree with me. I, I think it's better to live in the chapter 7 version of life than the chapter 4 version. But let's, let's bring that a little more into focus for our lives too, okay? Can, would we all acknowledge that we all have maybe at least some area of our life that's kind of not where we'd like it to be? You know, not, not where we want to be? It could be personal finances. It could be strained friendships or broken family relationships. It, I don't know, it can be health issues that just don't get better. It uh, can even be things like loneliness and depression. I mean, there's just things in our life that are they're tough issues. Those are all tough issues, and they're very real. They, I mean, they, they go on every day in our lives, okay? None of them are trivial, and they're sure not easy. And a lot of them, if they're not, in fact, impossible for us to solve on our own, they sure look like they are, okay? They all need God's intervention. So, really, I think the question for us today, then, as we look at, these, at, at the passage we read and we think back to chapter 4 as well, is, you know, today's an opportunity for us to say, do I need to turn back to God? Maybe I haven't turned way away, you know what I mean? Or maybe I have. But maybe I haven't really, I need to turn to God and I, because I want to live under his blessing and protection. I want him to not only fight my current battles, but I, yeah, I like for him to fight some stuff that I didn't even know that I had needed fighting yet. But then how do we do that? Okay? It's, you know, I, I like the, there's kind of the phrase about being all in. I kind of like that phrase because it's just, you know, it just, it's real clear. Right? I mean, rather than tippy-toeing around and I dip my toe in the water every now and then, you just say, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to be all in. Because I need an all-in kind of solution. I don't need a little solution. I don't need a little partial solution. I don't need one that's small enough. You know, it's just enough that it makes me feel a little better, but I don't know if it's going to really get the job done. I want, I want to be all-in. And, and so how could I start if that's where I want to be? And it was said earlier, the very first thing that begins the path to being all-in and living for God is repentance. It has to start with repentance. Because, because repentance means turning away from the thing you've been doing. That means to turn, repentance literally means to turn from. I'm going to turn from my idols, I'm going to turn towards God. I'm going to turn from thinking alcohol is the solution to all my problems, to I'm going to turn towards God. Do you see what I mean? I'm going to turn from thinking if I just had some more money, that would solve all my problems. It never solves anything. I'm going to, I'm going to turn to God. It, 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 we've, we've got to turn away from the things that do not honor God and turn 
towards God. That's what the Israelites finally did. And, and, it, and, it, and it had immediate benefit in their lives. Look, some of the things we need to turn from can be hard to do. I don't, let's, let's be very realistic. Some things we need to give up in our lives sometimes can be hard to turn from. And it may require us to repent of those things multiple times over a period of time. Better to start now. If it's a process, why wait? Start now. Being all in, what that just simply means is there's nothing between me and God. Right? There's nothing between me and God. I don't have, I, I want to live with no space for unconfessed sin between me and God. Repentance can also be combined with fasting and prayer. It's what the Israelites did. If you remember the scripture we read just a little bit ago, it says that not only did they uh, was uh, Samuel interceding for them and they were repenting of the things that they had done, but it says that they fasted and they prayed. It's a fasting is a great way. Maybe maybe if you want to see breakthrough in your life, try fasting for a day. Try fasting for one meal. And during that time, instead of eating, say, God, I'm, I'm skipping a meal today just because it's denying myself. Right? Denying myself. Because I like to eat. I don't know about you guys, but I like to eat. I notice it if I skip a meal. I mean, my, you know, my belly says, I want food. Okay, I mean, it, it, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm just saying it's... You know, it's a real thing. But you know what? Try fasting one meal and saying, during the time I would normally eat a meal, I'm going to go over here, I'm going to read God's word for a minute, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to tell God all the stuff that I need to help get out of my life. I need his help to get rid of this, and I need to follow him. And just, and just leave it, just trust God with it. Okay? But it, it always starts with repentance. In, in today's scripture, Samuel was interceding for the people with God, the people fasted, they prayed, they confessed their sins before the Lord, and he heard them. And he heard them. But all in always begins with repentance. Second thing is turn everything over to God. Turn everything. What is it that you think you're smarter than God regarding? I want God to give me wisdom with finances. I want God to give me wisdom with relationships. I want God, do, you, do you see what I mean? What, what area of your life would you like to say, God, I'm all in except for, I'll, I'll keep my job. I'll hold my job. I'll hold, I, let's give it all to him. Okay, when, you know, when the Philistines came to attack the Israelites at Mizpah, the people, thank goodness, right, had changed. They didn't try to go get the ark to protect them. This time they, they had similar, they cried out to God and he intervened on their behalf. They trusted him. They trusted him with their lives. I mean, that's, that's a bigger thing than your job, your marriage, your finances. Do you see what I'm saying? They, that, I mean, when you trust God with your life, you're, you're putting it all out there. Because that's what, these guys were coming to kill them. But they trusted God. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 is an incredible verse to, for you to remember and maybe to even memorize it sometimes so you can pull it up out of your memory and use it. 
Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. That means don't be anxious about your health. Don't be anxious about your relationships with your kids or your grandkids or your neighbors or your coworkers. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful promise? It's a wonderful promise. You can live with that promise. You can sleep better with that promise. Trust in God's strength. Isaiah 59. <laughs> I love this verse. It says, surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. I mean, just visualize that, you know. He, you know, is it, can't quite reach the problem? I mean, no. We serve a God that can just call out thunder and win a battle. His arm is never too short to save. And then trust God's plans for you, even when it's hard because Jeremiah 29.11 promises, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, to give you a good life, not a bad life. Okay? To, and to, but get this, and to give you hope and a future. Look, let me just list a few. God knows you're lonely. Trust him. God knows your health isn't improving the way that you thought it would or you had hoped. Trust him. God knows the financial need that you've got. Trust him. He loves you, and he knows what you need. So turn it over to him and trust him. And then finally, the third thing is create your own Ebenezer's. Create your own Ebenezer's. After God gave the Israelites victory over the Philistines, verse 12 says, Then Samuel took that stone, set it up, and he named it Ebenezer, saying, The Lord's helped us. I told you, it means stone of help. You know, you may not want to set up a pile of rocks in your front yard. I mean, you can. You, can, you know, you can build one. If, if, if I did that, and with all the times God has bailed me out and saved me and all this, I'd... I'd have a small, we could put a ski hill on it, you know. Okay, so do that if you want. But if you don't want to do that, you can journal. Get a journal. Okay. I, I, would, I would encourage you. I would cha I would cha I'll challenge you to do this, but I would sure encourage you, okay. Because, you know what, if there's one thing, can, would, would anybody, can you, any of you guys here agree with me, God has blessed you and protected you in ways over, over, multiple times over long okay so here's the thing i'm doubtful that you remember all of those because for one reason alone the enemy will do his best to help you forget them because when we're in a tough spot the enemy wants you to think that you're all alone and that you can't trust god with your current need because if you can't remember that god was faithful in the past why you know it's hard to believe he'll be faithful now Okay, so write it down. 
When you got a prayer request, write it down. Keep reviewing that. Keep praying for it. And when God answers that prayer, mark it off how he answered it. If you've got a different kind of need, you need a different job, you need a relationship improvement, write it down. And when God, you see God moving, write that answer down too. Over time, you'll find you've got page after page after page of answered prayer of God's faithfulness over and over and over. And then when a bad deal comes up, when, you're, when your faith is being tested, you've got things to go back to and say, you know what? God's already been faithful, maybe in bigger deals than this. I ought to sure be able to trust God right now. Okay? I want to encourage you to, to do that, to journal and to write it down. Look, um, as we remember all the times and all the ways that God has been faithful in the past, the good thing is it gives us hope for right now. And hope is what builds faith. So I just want to encourage you to do that. It will strengthen your faith. Okay, so uh, today, you know, there's one last verse I have for you. It's John 16, 33. And it's just so that we, aren't, we don't act surprised when we continue to face trials, right? Because remember Jesus told us we would, John 16, 33. He said, I've told you this so that in me you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Deciding to be all in for God does not promise you a carefree life. Okay, does not promise you that all the relationships, all the jobs, all the money, that it's all just going to click, 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 fall into place. But what it tells you is you're going to have a way to get through it. You're going to have help to get through it. And, and as you go through it, you will have the peace of God. You'll be able to sleep at night. Okay, so we need the Lord. So today, you guys stand up with me as we get ready to close, all right? Um, just want to want to give you an opportunity. Let's take. We're going to take a short second here. Just everybody, just heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody looking around. This is a time between you, one on one, and God. If if you'd say, say yeah, I like this idea of being all in, but there's some stuff in my life. Yeah, I know there's some stuff. I, idols, whatever it is. There's stuff in my life I, that I know in my life doesn't honor God, and I need to confess it to him, I want to repent of it, and I want to turn from it, if, it because it's time. Those things haven't been doing me any good anyway. So why keep them? So if there's something you need to just repent and give to God and say, God, I want to lay this down before you. I want to repent of it. I want to turn from it. And I want to ask you to forgive me because I want to be all in with you. Just take a minute and do that right now, just between you and God. Now, if you're ready to commit to God, that you want to turn every part of your life over to him, give it all to him, trusting in his strength and his power and trusting in his plans for you, that's you, raise your hand. Amen. Okay, God, you have seen our hands. Lord, we want to be all in for you because, Lord, <laughs> a lot of us, we've tried it on our own. And, Lord, it's so much better with you. So, Father, today, you've heard people giving things back to you, laying things down. Lord, you know our hearts. So, Lord, I just pray now 
that you would give us the strength to walk with you. Lord, that we begin with repentance, Father, and that we, uh, we give you every area of our lives to lead us and guide us. And that, Father, we never forget to say thank you and that we have our own markers to remember your faithfulness over time. So we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Now, may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.